You are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. My name is Beth, one of the hosts for A Healthier View, which is another show on Up To Me Radio. And let me tell you, I am so excited to introduce you to a brand new show this season, Inside Out with Jimmy A. Light, The Essentials to a Healthy Spirit, Mind, and Body. I want the audience to know that Jimmy is not only my friend, but I can actually say that Jimmy is someone who is funny and witty and smart and spiritual and someone who has helped me in ways that I never imagined. So, Jimmy, welcome to the Up To Me Radio family. Thank you so much, Beth. That's very kind. Very kind words. I'm going to write down all these things down that you just said. Oh, I bet you will. But So I want to know, <laughs> what is, um, what's the theme of your show going to be like this season? So, I mean, basically inside out. And what I really want to do is I want to communicate to people that in any area of their life, whether it be health uh, and wellness, um, spiritual, um, careers, relationships, you know, this is a very holistic show. So, you know, if you're having issues in one of those areas, um, this is going to be helping you because we're looking to tap into the whole person at this point. And, you know, when you fix one area, you know, it tends to fix all areas. And depending on what each person is bringing individually, I think that we're going to be able to hopefully give them modalities and ideas on which they can use to further their development in all these different areas of their life. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So, you know, I don't want to take too much time, but how did your journey in your life, how did you come to this spiritual revelation, you know, in your life? You know, I think it takes multiple um, awakenings, you know, a little awakenings and larger awakenings. And unfortunately or fortunately, we usually learn from, uh, you know, traumas or we find out that life, um, the way we envisioned it, doesn't doesn't give us what we thought it would, even when we get what we think we want. Um, and then, of course, there's the, the pain that we suffer in life. Um, when things don't go well, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, financially, or whatever. But these these cues um, kind of wake us up to a larger reality. And it just, it, it depends on which reality we choose. If, if we want to expand ourselves, we, we, we look towards the, you know, God or the higher power. And in, in that, we start to develop um, different modalities that we can use to to, you know, to kind of heal those, those heal and understand at a higher level. And mm-hmm. so there's been many, many um, smaller traumas and larger traumas that led me down this path. Well, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, I know your first show is with Bonnie and you guys will be talking about how the body follows the mind. And I actually think she's waiting for you. I so wish I had the time to sit in on the interview, but I'm just thrilled that I had the chance to introduce you and play a small part of your very first show. So thank you for giving me the opportunity, Jimmy. Uh, Thank you so much, Beth. You're the best. Love you. And uh, I appreciate it. So if you could all stay with us, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Stories come to life at your local parks and forests. They're places of wonder, 
and they're closer than you think. Make the forest part of your story today at a local park near you or find one at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back from commercial break. We have Bonnie here now. The audience now will start learning a little bit more about what Bonnie's all about. And uh, I'm really interested in to understand a little bit more about Bonnie myself and learn what Bonnie's experiences are and how we can all learn from that and grow together. So with that, I'd like to welcome Bonnie to the show. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, thank you so much. Great to have you. I want to start off with the first question, which would be really, I'd like to know a little, a little bit more about yourself and what got you interested in alternative healing and holistic health and energy healing what was your road to get you here? Well, it started just really being interested in health and wellness. And uh, I took the allopathic medical route as a, as a younger person. I studied, you know, I was pre-med in college. I ended up uh, getting my first degree in exercise physiology and nutrition. And then I got another degree in nursing So I was on that path for a long time, just learning about that aspect of health and wellness and how we care for people through that route. And then simultaneously, I got involved in yoga. And uh, so yoga became a big part of my life and a part of my spiritual path. But it wasn't really until 2012 when I hit what's sometimes known as the dark night of the soul, uh, which many of us are experience, which is this this time where we feel very lost, uh, often very dark, very depressed. And, uh, and so I hit the ground running uh, after basically everything was stripped from my life that I was attached to, mostly being my job, my business, and my marriage. Uh, I decided I'm going to take this show on the road and become a soul seeker. Uh, and I'm going to learn how to heal myself. And I'm going to learn how to be happy. <laughs> and so that, that, like I said, was in 2012. That led me down the road of plant medicines, much deeper into the world of yoga, of tantra. And I had the great fortune of sitting at the feet of many enlightened masters all over the world. I was doing a lot of traveling, still do a lot of traveling, uh, and so that's essentially how it how it really started. So as I learned to heal myself, I took all of the things that really resonated with me and then eventually was able to start helping others heal. Wow, that's great. That's that's really you know, I usually notice that anybody that's involved in spirituality or healing, uh, alternative healing usually has an impetus like you where you reexamine your life where you have to go back and start afresh and re-examine everything you thought or you believed in. So it's interesting that you said you went through the dark night of the soul. I think anyone that, that, that moves into the spiritual realm or alternative healing realm has to experience something themselves usually that's very dark in order them, for them to open their eyes. They say that, um, you know, when God screams, that's, that, that gives a lot of pain and that wakes a lot of people up to a, a higher vision or a higher uh, uh, viewpoint of reality. So very interesting that you say that you had to go through that dark night of the soul. Be really nice if we can avoid that, but uh, uh, that usually comes with growth and pain usually comes with growth afterwards. So 
yeah, it's one of those things. So it's tell one me, of those things, yeah, yeah, one of those things that we that we have to go through. I know the the, the tradition of the Kabbalah usually tries to um, get people to start making changes before the pain, um, but yeah, usually we have to uh, we either wake up through love or through pain or through something, um, but it's a great way to uh, open our eyes to bigger things, the pain. I know that's how it worked for me also. Mm-hmm. But tell us a little bit more, Bonnie. Now, um, so you're, you're in alternative healing and you use a lot of different modalities, it sounds like. It doesn't sound like you're just using one modality. What, what type of modalities, you know, more precise, to be a little bit more precise for the audience, do you, sure. do you use and, and, and what, you know, and how do you work with people in terms of, you know, how do you see illness or dis-ease? How do you, mm-hmm. can you tell us how you see that? Yeah, really good question. And so we know that uh, dis-ease, of course, manifests in the physical generally after there's been something brewing on the energetic level for, for quite some time. And so what I do is I do work through the physical. Uh, However, what we're really getting to is the root. And the root generally lies in some sort of energetic blockage that can be as a result of trauma uh, and suppressed emotions. I would say that trauma and suppressed emotions are generally the root of all physical dis-ease. And when we start working into getting into those roots uh, and we start to heal on the energetic level, then the physical manifestations tend to ease up or go away completely. Specific modalities no. that I work with. Uh, do you want me to continue with that right now? Or do you have another question? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Go, go ahead. Because I know the audience would want to hear. I want to hear. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah, thanks. So specific modalities that I work with are mostly shamanic in nature. So shamans are essentially like quantum physicists and epigeneticists. Uh, We understand that there's a lot going on in the ancestral DNA or what we might call our carbon-based DNA. So we understand that there are ways to recode and rewire our DNA. Sometimes that's known as what we call, we hear a lot now, like downloading our divine soul blueprint might be one way that we hear that. Um, we work in alternate realms of consciousness. So specifically something like the quantum realm, which is outside of the third dimensional reality that we know here in the earth realm in the fourth dimensional reality, which is a space time dimension. And we work outside of that dimension where the work that we do is exponentially, uh, accelerated. The healing is exponentially accelerated. Uh, We work in the soul realm. And in that realm, we are able to portal, we'll say through like a a trauma or a somatic experience, uh, uh, something from our childhood, perhaps. And then we're able to go into the place where we can 
heal that, but not in just in this timeline, but in all timelines. Uh, so what we might know is also parallel universes. Uh, so sometimes that's known as like soul retrieval. Uh, we, we will also say like nullify soul contracts in that place. So we can start, stop these karmic cycles that we have, uh, that we tend to do over and over, uh, with, uh, other souls. <laughs> and okay. also shamans, well, they work with, we work with nature. We work with the elements, with earth, water, fire, and air, we work with the plant realms. We work with the animal realms, uh, and we work with uh, with what what we'll we'll call just the unseen. And we understand that the unseen is drives what we can see. Thank you, Bonnie. That was a great explanation and a great overview. Let me ask you a question. You mentioned um, soul retrieval. You mentioned uh, the different dimensions, and um, you know, obviously speaking of quantum physics and the quantum realm, can you tell us how, assuming that obviously there people have had many lifetimes um, of karma and reincarnation, how that would work um, in terms of, let's just say for argument's sake, there's a lot of blockages. There's a lot of uh, traumas from this life and from ancestral and past lives um, it sounds like there'd be quite a few blockages and quite a few traumas to overcome. How do you address that? And how does that work in terms of time and the amount of time it would take to, you know, get to work on someone and how long it would take to try to start to get some healing? Yeah, we work uh, on them as they come up. So for example, you might just you, there just might be some crazy story that just keeps coming up and you think like, why am I still thinking about this? You know, and it could be something that seems relatively non-dramatic even, uh, or not so dramatic yet. It just keeps coming up or there's a pattern that's been recognized, right? Uh, why do I keep getting in unhealthy relationships? Why do I continue to be the enabler? Or why do I continue to be in codependent relationships, right? We start to recognize patterns. Uh, emotions, so different feelings that continue to arise, right? I'm feeling a really fearful, anxious, sad. So, you know, and we might we might be experiencing a lot of those uh in, you know, in a week or a month or something like that. But typically when somebody comes to session, we're going to focus on the thing that's arising at that time, because that's, that is what's showing up that's ready to heal. Right. So for example, it might okay. be the, the inner child that's, that's three years old. Right. And, and that, that, that image of our three-year-old self or some memory keeps coming up. So we may go into, uh, we'll say like a, a quantum realm or a timeline uh, where we can access that three-year-old version of ourself. And in that place, which is, it's, which is similar to like a, a hypnotic state, uh, we are able to then communicate with that version of ourselves to see what that version of ourselves still needs. Uh, perhaps they need to express, they need to feel, they need to hear something, and then we can heal that aspect of ourselves. Uh, so that it really depends on what is repeatedly coming up in the moment. And then we go from there. And then systematically, we begin to 
you know, one at a time, work through all of the traumas, work through all of the wounded child uh, versions of ourselves, work through all of the faulty programs and faulty patterns that we're recognizing. But we just do them as they are arising in the moment. That's the one that we're going to focus on. Okay, that makes sense. And in terms of what about clients that may come to you and just don't really, they're looking for something, they're not quite sure what they're looking for. They might be having a, a, um, a you know, they might be going through the dark night of the soul themselves. They might not just be feeling great. They're not feeling what they used to feel. Maybe their energy is low. Maybe they have aches that they never had before. They're not quite sure um, what's going on, but they just don't feel, you know, let me stop myself. There's, there's levels of health before we get to sickness. And, and so let's just say on a scale from one to 10, someone started out at a one being the healthiest. And let's say they're at about a six now and their body's starting to feel different things, but they don't really know how to quite pinpoint exactly what's going on. Are you able to help them through questions and answers and maybe some intuitive ideas? Absolutely. Help them? Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. A lot of people coming don't know what it is that that's going on, right? I just don't feel like myself, right? I just, I just, I don't even know why I feel so sad or depressed all the time. You know, life seems, life seems like it's pretty good, but yet I feel, I feel really disconnected or I feel like I'm in a fog all the time, right? There's many, there can be really uh, these more amorphous sort, sort of things going on. Uh, and so the first thing, of course, that we're going to do is go through an entire intake uh, questionnaire, uh, which I have clients fill out on their own time, which serves as a beautiful tool as we move forward in the work together. So we're going to cover everything, right? And questions I might ask somebody would be something like, when was the last time you put your bare feet in the earth? When was the last okay. time you spent time in nature? When was the last time you sang and danced? Uh, it, and the, all the way to, you know, what medications do you take? What hospitalizations have you had? What bones have you broken? What's the relationship with your mother? What's the relationship with your father? Right? <laughs> so many, many, many different things we're going to cover. And we're going to then, uh, as I'm able to, to use that as a tool, we're going to assess uh, what it is that we're going to start working on first. But I would say generally, pretty quickly, something comes to the surface. It doesn't take long. So you're really, so you're really peeling back the onion, I would say, right? You're really peeling back the onion on people. You're really trying oh, yeah. to, 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 to question them and really get to the root of everything. It, 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 do you find any hesitancy? Like, I mean, someone that doesn't really know too much about these kind of things, and they're mostly allopathically, you know, uh, inclined. Do you find any resistance with new clients that are not, you know, that might have been referred to you or might be on the path for the first time and they're not quite sure what to expect? Is there any fears? Are there any hesitancies? And if there sure. are, how do you yeah. help them overcome that? Uh, yeah, so we're going to get to the root of that fear. We're going to figure out why that is. Is it a belief system? Is it something that they were told? Uh, and most of the time it's, it's, you know, it's the fear of the unknown. So I will mm-hmm. simply explain what it is that we're going to do uh, and why it works. 
right? Uh, and, and then from that point, we can get into, I can get into more specifics. Uh, once we, once we target, you know, the reasons why there's the fear, why there's a skepticism, uh, you know, then, then I'm able to very easily begin to put things into, uh, into words that someone is going to understand. And, and, and so, you know, what I'm thinking about is you really healing every part of the person. I mean, obviously, you're really healing the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, uh, the mental. And I'm assuming, and I have to ask you a question, when you see people and you work with them for a while and they start healing in different areas, do you notice that they start changing their, their other parts of their lives, whether they're in a bad marriage or a good marriage or, um, or they're at a job that they don't feel fulfilled, fulfilled at? Do you notice that people start changing other aspects of their life once they come to see you and they start learning and they start growing and, and uh, feeling better about themselves yeah. or feeling better? Absolutely. Uh, that's, the, that's the whole point of the work is we want to bring a positive, healthy change. Uh, and so okay. that a lot of times that means changes in relationships. Uh, you know, the, the, we want to, a lot of times, you know, when relationships, people come to me uh, because they want to change their partner. Uh, but what, of course, they really want to do is change themselves. <laughs> and right. so once right. people start to change themselves and to uh, simply evolve and to heal and to come into more conscious ways of communicating, into higher self awareness. Uh, then that immediately trickles over into the relationship. And uh, as, as we begin to change, uh, that, that generally means that our partner is going to be, be able to change as well. They're going to be more open to change because they're going to see the positive ways uh, that we're Right, changing. right. That's right? beautiful, yeah. And right, so, and, and, and that, go, that crosses over, not just to our partners, but as, a lot with our children as well. Uh, people tell me all the time how much more positive their relationships are with their children uh, and, and, and how their children begin to emu- emulate things. For example, one of the things that I teach a lot uh, in, is uh, self-care, simply the self-care and self-nourishment because so many of us believe that we had to put our our own healing our own stuff on the back burner in order to be a productive member of society or to give uh you know to give everything selflessly to others and so that can be a learned trait however it is extremely empowering when a child sees their parent engaging in self-care and they, and it is explained from this way of like, you know, that, that the self-care and the self-nourishment they're giving is, uh, is a way to fill themselves up so that they're able to give to others and that it's okay to fill our own cup first before we are filling the cup of others. And it's not from this selfish thing that we just want to take is that we understand that we have to nourish ourselves. And that's something that we're still learning uh, as a as a society. And uh, there's still a lot of you know of, of ideas around this that we should we we just need to be doing 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 all the time and, and multitasking and all of these sorts of things. And so that's another thing that kids begin to see or partners begin to see uh, is 
is we begin to learn how to just be, how to sit still, how to still our mind. And, and that, that brings us a sense, a sense of inner peace. Right. And so it's, it's, it's like, as we begin to, to integrate the tools, the tools that I teach people, uh, it's, it's wonderful way to teach our children as well. And then they begin to pick up those, those tools that are really useful and really healthy ways to cope uh, and to communicate. Yeah, I resonate with that so much. I think when you when you change yourself, other people around you are going to pick that up, especially when it's 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 not just short term change. The long term change, they're going to see it in you, and people are like sponges. Eventually, they start to see the differences in you, and they kind of emulate or they they're like sponges. They do pick up, you know, what you're bringing across, and they start bringing it across themselves. So they start re-examining themselves very subtly, but it happens. And they're then, of course, more open to change and more open to the positive aspects of their life that they had closed the door on. So I think that, um, yeah, with the best example is yourself. And, so, and I think it definitely affects others around. Yeah, you know, it, I affects, to, it affects, I, oh, I was going to say, just also, uh, in addition to just affecting the relationships, it will also, uh, you know, doing the kind of work that I do with people, it's also going to carry over into any kind of work that you do. Anything that you're doing out in the world, it's either going to enhance what you're doing in the world, you're, begin, you're going to begin to see it as more of a service, Right. Uh, right. and, and, and as a way, as a way that you're, you are integrating and, uh, helping humanity, uh, even if something seems, might seem very meaningless, uh, we bring a lot of meaning to the type of work and service that you're doing in the world. It's going to improve relationships with your, with the coworkers. And it's also, if you, if you have any kind of business or anything where you're working for yourself generally what people find is they begin to attract more abundance and uh, more clients. Yeah, I can resonate with that, actually, being in my own business a couple of times. I always tell people, especially when you're in your own business, you kind of, you're bringing yourself to whatever you do. I mean, there's a certain point where what you do may have to change depending on what you do for a living. But a lot of times what you do is not really that important. It's what you bring to what you do. Um, and I think that when you change your inside and you internally change, you have a lot of gifts that you can give people in the area that you're working with, no matter what that area is. So I always say you're bringing yourself to anything. It's not the job so much, although the job could be something that, you know, we can discuss, but, uh, you know, when you first start out and you start seeing those changes happening within yourself, you're going to bring those changes out to your friends to your job, to your coworkers, and uh, to the people you interact with on a daily basis at work. And people are going to notice that. And so you don't always have to be climbing Mount Everest, you know, in, in terms, uh, as an analogy, uh, at, at work. In other words, you don't have to be a shaman. Uh, you don't have to go that route. You can do what you're doing, but you bring a new self to that job, and then it, it enlightens other people, and they can't help but notice it. So I think that's really important for people to understand and to understand that, you know, 
you start from where, right where you're at. So beautifully said. So beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, I wanted to ask you just because I think, you know, there's some people that know this, some people that don't know, understand this, you know, speaking about a little bit about the energy body a little bit more and the light body and, and how, you know, more specifically that affects, and, and, and I know you've gone into it and you spoke a little bit about how that comes out in physical manifestations. Maybe if you can break it down a little bit for the people that don't understand that or might feel that's a little esoteric, what's a light body, what's the, what's the, you know, the mental body and how does that really affect us? If you could just break it down a little bit more for people that are not quite so familiar with that or just not the school in that area. Sure. Yeah, happy to. Thank you. So the energy body is the part of ourselves that we can't see, but we know is there. <laughs> is, the, <Okay. laughs> is the most simple way to explain it. And the, the mental body as well, which thoughts, which, you know, uh, ideas, things like that, those aren't tangible. We can't see them, but we know they're there. And it's the same with our, our what we might even call the light body or the, the aspect of ourselves that continues on after the physical body is no longer. And most of us, especially I'm sure, you know, anybody coming to, to your show has some kind of an inkling or idea or belief or knowing that this just isn't it, right? Like I'm, I'm tapping my, my body right now, right? This, this, this physical dense matter uh, that, that, that most of the time, I, the ego, when I'm in the ego, I think I am. However, when I'm, when I'm more in stillness or in prayer or in meditation, I begin to tap into the place that is beyond the physical, in in the yogic system, we know this as chakras, or sometimes we hear the the word chakra. Uh, right. And this this word is becoming more and more mainstream. You hear about chakra clearings and rebalancing the chakras and all kinds of things all of the time. So this essentially is the is infused into the the energy body now shamans would call this body the luminous body right and the most dense part of our luminous body extends beyond the physical body about out of our wingspan so as much as you can stretch your arms out this is the next most dense field of your energy body and within Mm. this energetic field are many, many, we'll call like energetic centers or chakras, which is also called a wheel or like a spinning vortex. Chakra means wheel. Uh, And so we have thousands and thousands of these little energy points all over our body, these energetic vortexes or, or wheels or energetic centers. And then as we move into the core of our energetic body, we get to what we know as the main energy centers or main chakra points, which are the seven ones that are often depicted like the colors of the rainbow, going from the root center, uh, which is in our pelvic floor area, all the way up the spine into the crown center, which is at the very uh, crown of our head. And so 
we we know that we've got the physical matter that that corresponds to these energetic points for example our navel center would be known as the solar plexus or this 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 uh sac- or this uh energetic center which is uh, also known as like manipura chakra and in this in this area of the navel center this energetic center corresponds to things like our uh, power uh our gut instinct uh, our will uh different things like that yeah and something like say if we went into the heart chakra or the heart center this is where we experience uh higher higher emotions like love and compassion understanding generosity patience uh all of those things and so each of these main centers these seven centers correlates to a certain physical part of the body and also to different emotions and when they're out of balance we'll say or there's a lot of like stuck or stagnant energy, which happens as we experience trauma and we suppress emotions, then we begin to have physical manifestations. And so, you know, say like in the sacral area, uh, which is also known as like our womb center, it's the area where uh, we house all of our reproductive organs, If we were having some imbalance in this area, perhaps because uh, we were sexually abused, right? Or there's many other traumas or things we could experience that cause this area to, we'll say, like shut down. Uh, If we imagine it's like an energetic wheel or or like a vortex that's spinning and it's kind of like, kind of like stops spinning or really slows down, right? And becomes, becomes like a, like a wobbly wheel, uh, right. then we might we might experience in that area uh, sexual dysfunction. We might experience uh, infertility, uh, even things all the way to like uh, cr- that we don't we just we're not able to access our creativity because this is also the creative center of our being. So. Mm. Uh, the, the energetic body is, 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 uh, expanding beyond the physical body. It also connects to all of the other energy bodies out there. So that's why when we come into the energetic field of someone that we don't like, we might feel like, uh, we want to go away. <laughs> we, we, right, we, we, right. Cringe. We, 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 we might even recoil, Right. Whereas if we come into the energetic field of someone uh, that has a really good energy, we might feel very attracted to them. We might even want to come into their energetic field and get closer to them. So everything is energy and vibration and frequency. And all of these energetic centers are operating also at a slightly different vibration slightly different frequency uh, than than the other energetic centers. And that's when we get into, say, what we might call harmonics. And when we come into a state of peace and a state of harmony, it's because all of these energetic centers, we'll say, have been tuned 
to the to their correct frequency. And so now they're that they're vibrating at this that at this exact place uh, in relation to all of the other energy centers in the body. And then we we come into what's known as harmony. Yeah, that's a beautiful explanation. (laughs) That would be that would be a start. (laughs) That's a beautiful no. That's a beautiful explanation. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for that explanation. I think a lot of the audience members are going to appreciate that. How far behind do you think, you know, allopathic medicine is before they start in? You know, right now there's a lot of autoimmune diseases, neuroimmune diseases. There's a lot more autism and things and whole body illnesses that most medical allopathic medicine can't really address. Yeah. What to say about cancers and everything else. Um, so, you know, I really think people are starting to look at allopathic medicine and, and, and see the shortcomings. Um, of course, it's good for emergency surgery and stuff like that. Yes. Um, it's got its place, allopathic medicine. But in terms of whole body illnesses and systemic illness, it really doesn't have any really good answers uh, dealing with the immune system and autoimmunity. And, you know, we can go on. How far away do you think medical science is? Or, or I should say, you know, the standardized science of today before they catch up with, you know, the cutting edge of the light body, of the subtle bodies, of, I mean, because if you look at the way science is going, if you look at quantum physics and other, you know, uh, other sciences, they're really pointing towards this. I mean, if you just open your eyes a little bit, but I know there's always a delay between new discoveries especially with a very, you know, stodgy medical establishment and actually taking those new ideas and implementing them in, let's just say, the medical arena. Mm -hmm. So how far away do you think, I mean, I know this is not your field, but to guess on, but it's just a guess, but where, where do you think we are in terms of the medical establishment and them opening up to better, better ideas and working with light body and, and, and things of that nature. Do you think we're even closer? Do you think we're just... Yeah, we're, we're getting closer all the time. Back even, uh, I would say even a few years ago, you wouldn't have heard people talking about the things that they're talking about now. So, you know, people are getting more and more interested all the time, especially in like plant medicines, which, you know, I have a lot of experience working with the... Uh, various plant medicines, especially the Amazonian plant medicines, you know, a while back, there was no doctor that had ever heard of anything like combo or ayahuasca. Uh, it certainly wasn't a mainstream word, but now we're seeing it. I even see it in uh, HBO miniseries and things like that. People going to ayahuasca ceremonies. Uh, right, doctors right. are now a lot more doctors are getting interested in functional medicine right? So they're bridging, they're crossing over. I actually just finished an entire course. It was a 200 hour course that bridged yoga and shamanism. And we had a couple uh, medical doctors and other uh, allopathic uh, types of healers in, in that class learning. Uh, So a lot of it has to, it has to do with as these terms become more acceptable, you know, it hasn't been too long ago, I would say even 50 years, 15 years ago, maybe the word shamanic was sort of synonymous with demonic, right? Right, right, right. (laughs) Uh, And, and so, but now, 
you know, it's getting picked up in the mainstream and people are hearing this word shamanism and they're going, oh, okay, yeah. Like it's not as scary as it was before. So a lot of, a lot of it is just the, as these belief systems are unraveling uh, where there was a lot rooted, especially in religion, you know, like uh, a lot of the, the religions out there didn't want us to know that we could heal ourselves. Like that's, and of course that's in shamanism. That's what we, that's the core of shamanism is that we heal ourselves. Uh, there needed to be some sort of intermediary, right. For our healing. Um, right. And, but more and more people are waking up to the, to the knowing the internal knowing that we actually can heal ourselves. And there's mm. all kinds of programs now, you know, like on, especially like Gaia.com, Joe Dispenza, you know, all of these different, different people that crossed over, right. Even from chiropractics, which I know isn't exactly, you know, like a, like a medical doctor yet. Well, Bruce Lipton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so they're, they're moving into things like quantum physics and epigenetics and, uh, and so there's a, there's a, a lot of bridging that's happening right now. And a lot of people that are overcoming the fear around these, these ideas and these words. And I think it's happening at an exponential rate right now. The, you know, even a few years ago, like when I started drinking ayahuasca in 2012, almost nobody had heard of it. And now, and now when I mention these words, a lot of people have heard of it and they're interested to know more because they understand like what we've been doing has not been working, right? Right. What we've been doing has not been working. And so slowly things like yoga and energy medicine have infiltrated, but honestly, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest thing that we need to overcome of course, is the greed, uh, because that's really what is driving, keeping these things in place, right? The, mm. the allopathic, the allop- that, that allopathic uh, system yep. rules, the, the, dis- the keeping that disconnection between science and spirituality, which we know those things have to come together again, if we're really mm-hmm. going to learn how to heal ourselves and humanity as a whole. So, you know, and I, I don't know, I couldn't say, oh, it's one year or 10 years or 20 years, but I do know it's going to be when, when greed no longer rules the medical system. <laughs> yeah, that's if a, you know that's what a, I mean, no, that's maybe, a tough maybe one. you want to expand on that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a tough one. And the funny thing is, the great thing is actually is that you have a background uh, your background is is great because I mean you actually went from the allopathic air arena into this arena. So who better to speak on it than you? Um, and yeah, it's 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 a tough one. I think you're right though. We're vibrating at a higher rate, and 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 you could see all the changes that are happening in society right now. So um, I think you're right, and the time is is fresh right now because, like I said, we are high vibrating higher. And we are going through a lot of traumas in society right now. And that's when the biggest change comes about. So I think that we are primed for that. But, you know, I know we have a few more minutes left only um, at this point. And I really wanted you to 
you know, you, you broke, you brought up Hiawatha, you brought up some of the plant medicines. Um, can you tell us just briefly a little bit about how they work and how they're, they, they're integrated to, to help us with our healing? Can you just give us Absolutely. a brief? I'd be happy to. Thank you. So plant medicines work on the physical, the energetic, and the spiritual. And that's the big difference. Pharmaceuticals only work on the physical. Most allopathic treatments only work on the physical. Plant medicines work on every level. And they require us to have intention. So the plant medicines, especially some of the master. Can you explain that? Can you, can you explain that? Just that yes. last thing you said about intention. Yes. Yeah. I'm just about to get into that. Yes. So the say, especially the, the most intelligent plant, plant medicines uh, are able to pick up on the vibration of our intention. So for example, the intention of going into say an ayahuasca ceremony might be, I want to, heal the relationship with my mother, right? I want to heal the trauma I experienced, uh, you know, as an, as an adolescent. Uh, I want to purge dark, stagnant energies that don't feel like they belong to me, right? There's many, 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 of course, in, in infinite number of intentions uh, that we might work with. And can, can you, can you, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. So when you go in for something like that and you're in taking the ayahuasca, um, mm-hmm. do you actually, you know, write down your intentions prior to you going in to something like that? And if you have multiple intentions, is that okay? Is, yeah. is, is, or do you have to work it with like one or two at a time or. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So we can, we can absolutely work with, uh, diff, you know, a multitude of intentions. It's nice to narrow it down. I work in the field of integration. So I integrate people pre and post ceremony, specifically okay, with ayahuasca, because I have a lot of experience in that area. And intention is alchemy. Uh, so when we when we work with intention, we're working, we'll say in like the quantum realm. And it's like prayer. And there's a lot of science actually to back up prayer. And it's that same idea. It's that same idea. When we are working with intention, we are tapping into specific vibrations, into specific areas in our energy body, in our psyche. uh, And then we are opening up those areas to healing. And the these very intelligent plant medicines and also the medicine combo, which is uh, comes from the frog and bufo, which comes from a toad. These medicines know exactly where to go. And if we give them something to work with and we open up those areas, it's kind of like putting like a, like a marker or like a flag there and going over here. Can you please come work right. in this area, right? <laughs> And so right. 
and working so that and that's one of the big differences of we say working with a pharmaceutical or working with a plant medicine is the pharmaceuticals are not intelligent they're not able to work with our intention in the way that a a plant medicine would and so and so that and that would that would be that would be the basis and so that's why people are turning to plant medicines to heal their ancestral lineage, to heal their traumas, their addictions, physical ailments, uh, you name it. Like if there, if there's something out there that you need to heal, there's a plant for it, for sure. And so now we are getting into these really, we call them like the master plant medicines, like ayahuasca, peyote, wachuma uh, would be would be some of the main ones, many of them which are in the Amazon, but they're all over the world. Uh, you know, all over the world, our ancestors were shamans, and they had different plants in every area of the world to work with specific ailments or specific things that needed healing. Uh, and we've lost many of them, unfortunately. And fortunately, we have some left <laughs> that are really okay. super, super powerful. And I am a huge believer. We would have, we'd have to have a whole nother segment, which I'm sure we will at some point, And we can talk and go really deep into plant medicines and what that's all about. Yeah, that would be great. I would love to do a part two. Just real quick, um, the, obviously, you know what Kundalini energy is. And yes. it sounds a lot like these plant medicines are basically very similar to Kundalini, like having a Kundalini awakening and the yes. Kundalini clearing out chakras and different parts of you that needs clearing. So um, can you speak on that real briefly, um, the, the Kundalini and, and, and how that is similar to these yes. medicines? Because, yeah. Yeah. And so when we're speaking of the Kundalini energy, we're speaking uh, specifically to like a life force energy Uh, and this energy that rises from, we'll say like the base of our root area, our root chakra and travels up the spine into uh, the third eye center and into the crown. And so that's, you know, one of the, one of the things that we work on, especially in, we'll say like in yoga or tantra, we work with the Kundalini energy a lot. And it's just known as different names uh, in in other areas, say like in uh, like martial arts or something like that. There are also the Taoists, everybody's working with these life force energies. And so plant medicines will essentially awaken that Kundalini energy or assist it to rise. And if you think about the Kundalini energy as like the sort of like spiraling energy that's going up the spine, if there's a lot of blockages in those main chakras, in those main energy centers, which are also running up and down the spine, the Kundalini can't rise properly. It can also get stuck which can create a lot of problems. So people whose who's Kundalini energy started to rise and it started to rise really fast, but then they hit like a big roadblock. When that Kundalini gets stuck in a certain area, it can create even more problems. So yeah. very, very important that that's why it's so important that we work with somebody in, in conjunction with plant medicines who understands energy and understands how to work with energy 
because we want those paths to be really clear. Uh, on a personal note, I can say that I had a dramatic Kundalini awakening after working with some of the entheogenic medicines. Uh, and, mm. and for about three months, uh, in particular, I was going through a massive Kundalini awakening, which meant that I was all of a sudden understanding everything that I sort of knew about before, but didn't really know about, or it didn't resonate like, right, right, like right, um, right. forces and star beings and sacred geometry and energy fields and all of these different things. And, and it was like, I, my body just sort of like rapidly turned inside out and uh, began to vibrate at a much higher level. Uh, and that's also we can say like it's that same thing like a downloading our divine soul blueprint right like a lot of my carbon-based ancestral dna began to uncoil and unwire and then as my kundalini was awakening simultaneously i was able to uh download these new programs or new codes genetic codes that were essentially operating at a much higher vibration and plant medicines in general help will help us do that through the through the kundalini energy they're helping us to operate on a higher vibration yeah that's great i've had a kundalini awakening also so i know it's not quite as profound as yours i kind of fought against it but that's another story for another time <laughs> but but um yeah it's it's quite a, it's, it's an eye-opening experience for sure it, and it and it leads to obviously more exploration. And once you have a Kundalini awakening, or I guess the same thing with Hiawatha or something, um, you naturally become inclined then to further your journey because it just it, it, it's it's a validation of things like you said. It's a validation of things that you might have intellectualized before. Now you're having direct experience. It's um, it's been a great time speaking with you, Bonnie. I'm really excited about what you're doing. And I'm really excited about everything we talked about. Is there anything that, you know, I want to do a part two with you. Hopefully we could do a part two, but is there anything that you wanted to say that you didn't have a chance to say so far, you know, kind of, kind of closing up? Uh, well, first of all, yeah, that would be great. I'd love to do a part two with you sometime. And, you know, if anybody has any questions, I'm always available through my website. My website is www.awakenascend.com. There is a lot of content on there. If you want to know more about plant medicines, about energy bodies, about trauma, all kinds of things, I can direct you to my website where you're going to find a lot more information. And uh, you can also contact me through that website if you want to delve deeper into any of the things that we've talked about today. And beyond that, what I always like to close with is just the reminder to stop, breathe, and be still every once in a while. <laughs> uh, we've got to learn how to just be. We've got to stop doing so much doing and start doing more being, more just being. So stop, breathe, and just be, even if it's just for 30 seconds. What can happen in those 30 seconds is exponentially powerful and, and deeply healing. 
Well, I really appreciate everything. I really enjoyed the conversation, Bonnie. You're great, honestly. And I look forward to, um, you know, talking to you again and doing another part two. For all you guys interested out there in the audience, uh, we're going to have all Bonnie's info on our landing page. So besides her own uh, contact information, if you want to contact her through us, you can contact her through us. But either way, um, it's been a great interview. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm sure everyone else will too. And um, we want to thank you again, Bonnie, for coming on. It's been great. Yeah, thank you, Jimmy, so much for the opportunity. And thanks to everyone who's listening. All blessings to you and much love. So thank you very much, Bonnie. I want to thank everyone for listening to Bonnie. Bonnie was great. I mean, I hope you guys learned a lot from her. I know I did. Bonnie will be back on the show for another amazing interview with her. I just want to let you guys know that we're going to be doing a lot of mind, body, spirit, and how this all comes together. And it's going to be entertaining, exciting, and cutting edge news. And to help you guys, you know, advancing your life and to be more happy and to be more joyous. And um, we look forward to a, a long season ahead with a lot of great guests that I'm really looking forward to introducing to you guys. Uh, in the meantime, uh, right now we're working on a YouTube page and a Facebook page. And if you guys can like my video, um, I really appreciate it. Uh, but we have a lot for the future. So I hope that we, got, we can connect in the next show. And uh, we look forward to a really good season ahead. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.